0: Come in. Oh my god. Oh my god, let's call me.
1: You have a nasty habit of surviving.
2: You
0: know what they say about the fittest?
3: Good morning. Good morning. That sound means it is time for another episode of Young Persons Radio with me, your host, Colby Smith. This is the only program on the airwaves where you, the listener, are guaranteed to be cooler than the host. And if you are unsure of that, the next hour will, I'm sure, prove as much. We have a great show for you planned today here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is the first live show of the astounding 13 hour run of talk shows we have here on the station every Sunday. And this is uh, the last Sunday, the last day, really, of Season 4 of Radio Free Brooklyn. The new season starts tomorrow, May 15th, which uh, means nothing for me. We are keeping the same time slot, the same format, uh, the same length. Uh, We are staying completely the same. And so is Points of Order, the great sports talk show, which airs right after us at 11 a.m. every Sunday. Uh, They will be with us in the new season. But... Very exciting. The station has brought on a number of new shows uh, uh, and changed the Sunday lineup slightly. So we it'll still be us at 10, Points of Order at 11, then The Stroll Show, uh, where they interview some uh, local bands at noon, and then Objection to the Rule, hosted by Ori Givens, the host of the previous program, uh, Queer State of Mind, uh, at 1pm, which is kind of Radio Free Brooklyn's answer to the Sunday morning uh, political talk shows, uh, and we have a special guest in the studio today uh, to talk about uh, her, uh, the show that is coming up on Mondays at 2 p.m., and I am talking to uh, Pan Ferguson. Pan, welcome to Young Persons Radio.
4: Hey, what's good? What's How good? are you? I'm splendid, thank you.
3: I'm glad you're here with us early on a Sunday morning.
4: Bright and early. It's a great way to start the day and the week.
3: <laughs> That's right. So your show, Pandemonium, Yes. will be live from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. every week starting tomorrow, May 15th. Uh, it's one of the new shows we have this season.
4: So it would seem, so it would seem.
3: Tell uh, tell our listeners a little bit about it.
4: Well, pandemonium, as the word definition uh, or meaning might suggest, is going to be just a bunch of noise, but in a good way, a hodgepodge of live music. Uh, we're going to be taking calls, uh, interviews. Sometimes if I ha- can't find someone to interview, I might just be rambling for an hour while taking calls. But the idea is to cover a number of topics. Um, From sustainable living, uh, rapping, uh, the local community, um, politics even, which I'm not really a fan of, but I'm aware that Mm -hmm. we need to cover a few topics that, uh, you know... I'm not. I don't. I'm not knowledgeable on, uh, <laughs> but the idea is really to talk about things that I personally like doing in, yeah. in Brooklyn, in the city, um, different aspects of my life that I've experienced since moving here. Because I don't know. I have, I do a lot. I do a lot performatively and creatively. Oh yeah. Um, and I feel like there's a lot that people can do to contribute to the local community, whether they were born and raised in the borough or they moved here a few months or a few years ago. Mm. Um, we're all community. Whether you're from another state or you're born and raised here. So. Mm. Just a little bit of what we're going to talk about on Monday. I'm actually interviewing um, a good friend of mine, a rapper. And <laughs> a rapper and uh, a sustainable artist were working on uh, reducing waste. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Hilla Perry uh, was actually interviewed by Took. A while back. Oh, really? Yeah, on uh, What Would Save the World. Yes,
5: yes.
3: So we It's think, another great show yeah. here on Radio Free Brooklyn.
4: Oh, it's so awesome. Uh, so basically, we think what could contribute to saving the world is uh, reducing our trash output, finding ways to be a little bit more sustainable and not, not be such a messy human. So we'll be talking about that and a few other things, including uh, gender... And, uh, and rapping.
3: Fantastic. And how did you, do you mind me asking how you found the station?
4: Well, technically, <laughs> today? <laughs> <laughs> no, no.
2: I don't mean how did you get here. <laughs> uh,
4: so, uh, technically, it, it was because of Hilla, in a way. So mm. I thought it was only appropriate to kick off the first episode um, with with an interview with her. Um, so Hilla and uh, her performance partner, uh, Nate, a.k.a. Sir Nate, and she is Hilla the Killer, have a rap duo um, called Kill and Hate. And they have a new song uh, called Plastic Man, and it's about plastic, what it is, where it comes from, the effect it has on our planet, and just, it's a really fun song, but it's also a little dark. Sure. So when they were interviewed by Took, um, I heard they were having this interview, and I tuned in. And Took mm. was like, "Hey, we're taking show submissions." I was like, "That's got to be a joke," because it's like <laughs> I think it was April first.
2: Yeah. And I was yeah.
4: like, "Ah, oh, that's so funny." <laughs> the deadline's April first. This is a joke. I was like, "But what if it's not?" I went to the website. It didn't seem to be a joke. I made a submission. Then it just went went uphill from there. I guess. Fantastic. Yeah. Well,
3: the pandemonium. Yes. Will air tomorrow at two p.m. until three p.m. I will be tuning in. I hope everybody else will be tuning in as well. I appreciate that. Uh, we, As long as we're going to talk about the station here for a moment, I want to remind everybody that Radio Free Brooklyn is brought to you completely independently. We are a non station. We are a non-commercial uh, in every possible way and we survive on uh, donations from listeners such as yourselves. Uh, so if you want to learn more about how you can support the station, you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge. That's RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge and you can learn how to chip in. Uh, in addition to Uh, you know, listening to the shows, uh, which helps a lot. And I also want to tell everybody that while we're talking, we're on the subject of how we can support the station. And that is that Radio Free Brooklyn is having a Season 5 kickoff fundraiser concert next week, Sunday, May 21st. And that will be, it will start at 5.30. It is at a secret location. (laughs) in East Williamsburg and you can only find out where that is by going to radiofreebrooklyn.com slash tickets to be emailed the exact address who's going to be playing on that I wonder Bushwick Hotel maybe maybe Love Honey maybe the Falling Birds also Radical Vaudeville hosted by Face Boy. <laughs> All of this for only $10 at a secret location in East Williamsburg that you can learn about by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com tickets? That smells like a bargain to me. Wait, what are you doing next Sunday uh, at 5? Were you watching the new Twin Peaks after doing? Watching the new Twin Peaks instead of going to this fundraiser? No, you're going to the fundraiser. Next Sunday, 5.30 p.m., go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com tickets. Uh, to see how you can get in on the action, only $10. So we are going to take a very short musical break, and then we will be back with more Young Persons Radio right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. are the sweet sounds of the band Girlpool with the title track from their new album Power Plant that just came out this week on anti-records or anti-records, either, either one, either one, we, we are big fans, big fans of Girlpool here. This is Young Persons Radio at Radio Free Brooklyn, I am your host Colby Smith and my guest today, co-hosts the Cheap Date Comedy Show with Sharon Paul every month at Union Hall and co-hosts. With John Hudson, the monthly sketch and improv show, cutting a shrug, at Legion Bar, in Williamsburg, he is also a podcaster, uh, co-hosting the nostalgia podcast with uh, with comedian and national treasure Caitlin Puckett. Uh, he is a Florida boy. He's one hell of a snappy dresser and just an all-around good dude. Please welcome Calvin Cole.
6: Oh wow! Thank you so
3: much. <laughs> How are you today,
6: Calvin? I'm doing very well. I, you know, I've I don't know that I've ever heard my credits listed like that. I. I need to work on my confidence. I don't host a show by myself ever. Yeah, maybe you gotta you gotta break
3: free of this co-hosting uh, dynamic and uh, strike out, do a solo show, yeah.
6: a solo career. I don't. No, actually, I think it works best. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't, I'm like bitters or something. Like you you don't drink it on its own. Right. It Needs to be mixed with something. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> It's amazing that you chose bitters as the thing to compare yourself to. You know, top of my head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta be honest.
3: <laughs> no, but it's great. I mean, you, uh, uh, you, you, you are a fixture of the scene at this point. I mean, how long? How long has well. Cheap Date been going on?
2: Oh uh, well, years. Years.
6: years, years and years. I think over six years now. Yeah. Um, I got I got involved with it. It had already been going on for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I've, I think my personal anniversary with the show. I think we're past four. I have to ask Sharon. Uh-huh. I, do. I don't keep very good track of this stuff, <laughs> but it's been a long time. Uh, it's, oh man, what a great show! Yeah, and I and I don't mean that uh, like to compliment myself. Like I, uh, Sharon books an incredible lineup, uh-huh. um, and we love that venue, which burned yeah. down. It's true. Yeah, uh, Union Hall caught fire. <laughs> recently. There, there was a
3: fire at Union Hall. No uh, one was hurt. No one was hurt. I think it was mostly. Uh, Property damage is what I heard mm-hmm. from the firefighters coming
6: yeah. in. I mean, I saw it, like I saw a video of it. It was yeah, it was in flames. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think they're back up and running. It's
3: I, I I'm not sure if it's open today, but it's mm. it's opening back up this month because I, I I'm on their listserv and they've they've started promoting shows there again. Yeah, um, which is uh, which is great. So
6: and you know I mean we have we have a friend that that works there. Yeah, they've been doing all kinds of great uh, like benefit shows and stuff.
3: Yeah, so it's a uh, a very very classy thing. A bunch of like the a bunch of the comics who like have sort of become mainstays there over the years. Uh, like Mike Buriglia mm-hmm. and Chris Gethard and people like that have been doing uh, benefit shows both for the reconstruction efforts and for the employees who, you know, have have lost this source of income uh, while the venue has been closed. Yeah. Um, And uh, uh, Mike Brubigley is one. um, Our mutual friend went to that one. And the
6: special guest was John Mulaney. Who you love. Who I love. I also like a lot. You you know more about him than I do. Yeah.
3: Well, you never you. You I think you missed out on Oh Hello Man. I think you
6: would have loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I I'm I'm bad about uh like watching comedy. Uh-huh. I I, t- I tell myself <laughs> okay. I don't I well, I just don't I don't go looking for it. I think uh like it I, I it it makes me anxious watching it. I understand that. Like I I feel like oh, I should be doing this uh-huh instead, instead of, of just sitting it. here right now. Yeah. yeah. And I do get nervous about um like sponging mm-hmm. concepts. Right. Uh which I think is kind of a bullshit excuse, but uh-huh. it's also a real thing. Especially the older I get, the harder it is for me to remember sure. where I got ideas from.
3: Yeah, it's true. I, I think these are. This is what you're hitting on. Is there there are kind of two kind of broad approaches to this kind of thing, and the mm-hmm. first is what we might call like the Quentin Tarantino model, which is to just like like Synthesize. steep yourself in it to the point where. All of the influences mixed together unrecognizably. Yeah, and then what you're describing is is more of like an isolation thing, yeah. where it comes so completely from inside your own brain.
6: Yeah, and and I think that is a, a perfect way to describe it as is isolationism because it I think it comes with all the attendant pros and cons that that word conjures. <laughs> uh, like you get like a, a ideally a pure and original thing, but then mm-hmm. also it's it's not. It's not keeping pace with technology, right? like <laughs> right. modern comedy innovation.
3: It's true. I was talking about this with our mutual friend John Hudson over the over our trip to Montreal this week, Ooh. guys, uh, for the Montreal Sketch Fest. Uh, which is that I, I feel like, especially as uh, as you get along in your or your comedy career, you just showing up to someone's show is weird. Yeah, like the expectation is that you should be like out doing shows every night. When in fact, like uh, I find that like going to see people who I really like uh, and like admire and am inspired by is like so important to giving me energy
6: to like keep going. I mean, you seem to get, you get really juiced up after you watch a good show. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I get, I get angry at myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, damn, (laughs) I should have been there. Yeah. I should have gotten there first. Yeah. Either I'm jealous. I didn't think of something first or I'm jealous because I know I would never have thought of that. Uh yeah
3: well, how did you? How did your uh, your you get your start? I mean, you we, you and I are friends. We've never talked about this. Uh, what were your earliest terrible friends? <laughs> this
6: is good. I'm glad, I'm glad we're we're catching up on this on stuff the on, air, air, yeah.
3: on the air. On the air. Talk about getting your. I mean, what was the uh, what was the impetus behind? Because you started to stand up in Florida uh, yeah. as a young mm-hmm.
6: man. Um, my this is actually this is uh, great I just had my bachelor party and, and saw a bunch of old stand-up buddies that I hadn't seen in a lot of years uh-huh. so this is fun to, <laughs> to recollect <laughs> um, but my my good friend JC Carias, who is a stand-up in LA now uh, he was doing stand-up in Gainesville Florida where I went to college and we met in a film class um, and we just started talking a lot and uh, I thought it was funny and they had a what they called a protege show at the club where he was doing stand-up where they had established comics bring, a first-timer, and they mm. coach them up a little bit. Everybody does a set, and the audience votes on who who they think the best newcomer is. Um, and I, I did well. Oh, wow. Um, and they were very, it was a very uh, encouraging environment. Despite how um, uh, terrible comics can be to each <laughs> other, um, That is that was still part of it. But it I, I found it to be a very nurturing environment. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very supportive. And I kept coming back and, uh, I mean, I started, I did it for two, two and a half years in college. And by the time I was ready to graduate, I had abandoned all thoughts of like grad school uh-huh. because I was spending more time on my jokes than on my portfolio. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, What was
3: your, what were you studying at that point?
6: Well, <laughs> technically film. Okay. But yeah. the University of Florida does not have a film program sure. period. Sure, sure. Uh, so what I was really studying was like interdisciplinary Fil- yeah. like mostly i was yeah. reading about movies yeah yeah uh, and writing papers about them yeah uh, which somehow doesn't prepare you to produce them <laughs> <Weirdly>. <laughs> not at all hmm. um, i had a similar experience
3: yeah. where the university of maryland introduced a film minor the year after i graduated <laughs> yeah yeah and i was like still on the student listserv or something it was mm-hmm. like this big email that went out was it was like introducing our big film minor <laughs> and i'm like
6: you bastards yeah yeah, it always feels like. Yeah, I, it. I just wasn't. I mean, I realized that going, like going to film school, was a total pipe dream because I had, I had nothing. Like, mm-hmm. what was I supposed to get in on? Right. Um. But yeah, and I uh, comedy was the only thing I I cared about at that point. Mm-hmm. So I moved to New York because I knew if I didn't right then, I never ever would.
3: Oh, like right after
6: school? Yeah. As soon leaving. as I graduated, okay, yeah, I moved. Yeah. Um. No, no prospects. Right. I knew like a guy. Kind of. Uh-huh. Um. It was a rough six months. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I got down to I think a couple hundred buckaroos in the bank account. Yeah. Uh, no job, and I finally I got a job at a call center. Uh, like six months in, yeah. like probably two weeks before I would have had to ask my parents to buy me a plane ticket home. <laughs> uh huh. Um, and you know I'm still here. Yeah. Still here, man. Yeah. Doing comedy, and I actually I ended up meeting my my now fiance at that terrible job. Oh really? So, oh uh, wow! Out, I didn't know that. Yep. Met yeah. met at the call center. God, that was. Fucking awful. <laughs> as the worst job ever. I can only imagine.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, I uh, uh, I had a friend in high school who worked at a call center as a summer job, mm-hmm. uh, and he was he was fired a month Happens into outside. into being at the call center because he screamed fuck at the top of his lungs after uh, like one of his one of his yeah. like annoying coworkers just like pushed him too far. <laughs> yeah,
6: yeah. You'd think, man, it, call centers are interesting because it. You really do get like a trenches mentality mm-hmm. uh, with with your coworkers, uh, and they either become very fast, very good friends, or uh, your least favorite people in the entire world. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they're, they're either making hell bearable or worse for you, <laughs> uh, or you find the your one true love. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Forged in that fire. Yeah, it worked out all right. Do you know? Do you know what his? Because it matters too. Call centers are always bad, but we yeah. were working for a medical alarm company.
3: This this one was. It was, um, I forget that I'm trying to remember the name of it, but they they took people's reservations on the phone for a national chain of campgrounds. <laughs>
6: okay, Koa.
3: I don't know if it was Koa. Right. I don't know if it was Koa. Are there others? Maybe uh, there. There. Yeah,
6: I think there are. I that seems so are. weird to me. Yeah. You pay to go camping. It
3: is. It's also. It's crazy that there were a volume of calls that they needed like
6: a whole floor of this call center. Yeah. Well, it's probably it's probably 90% people thinking they're going to go camping and then canceling. <laughs>
3: That's true. Maybe it was mostly cancellations. Yeah.
6: But that was my jo- at the call center my job was cancellation calls. Okay. I was the only yeah. person doing it. Yeah. So every call that someone called to cancel the service, I had to try to talk them out of it. Uh-huh. And it was the worst like these are, like, 90-year-old people with yeah. horrible economic and, <laughs> and health and family issues. Yeah. And I'm, like, trying to knock a buck off yeah. uh, to to keep them on the It was horrible. I quit as soon as I could.
3: So were you doing mics at this point? Or had you— yeah. Like, at what point did you make the transition to the sketch improv world? Uh, was that through <laughs> Caitlin?
6: Um, I guess kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'll give her credit for that. Sure. Uh, she, she was doing improv when we met, uh, and that was her kind of only comedy outlet, and I was only doing stand-up at the time. Uh, I basically hit a wall where I was, I was so wrecked by the, the mics in New York. I sure. think they, they might be better now. Um, but the, uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't done one in a while. Um, but the, the climate is, is so intense. There's this zero sum game philosophy, uh, where it, it doesn't seem like anyone, uh, anyone celebrates anyone else's mm-hmm. success. Like it's like, if you get a laugh, that's a laugh I won't get later. Sure. <laughs> like yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. limit on them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just like a very, very like grinding, uh, thing. And I had been so, uh, kind of supported and in, in my small way successful, uh, when I was, uh, doing comedy in the Southeast, right. uh, coming up here and just getting feeling even just average mm-hmm. was a lot to handle. Uh, and I didn't always feel that good. Yeah. So yeah, I, I basically dropped out for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and improv was basically... Uh, an excuse to keep doing comedy like I needed mm-hmm. someone to force me to do it right I didn't have the willpower left to do it on my own sure. so I figured if I pay for a class I have to show up and then there's other people there and and I'm locked in totally and I think Caitlin actually probably bought me my first class I think she saw how much I needed oh it. that's really bad. um but yeah and so I've, I've been doing that for a couple of years and enjoying that yeah. and I've, I still do stand up and and now sketch stuff and yeah yeah feeling yeah. a lot better about things yes <laughs> that's great you, you need to find those two or three people who, who seem to get what you're doing and just make sure they're always right next to you. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Build the team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you, I didn't know you were a film student. Yeah. Student of film.
3: This I guess. is maybe a perfect segue okay. into your your show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cynostalgia. Yeah. Which you and Caitlin host. It is bi-weekly, yes? Uh, yes.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we release them bi-weekly. Uh, uh, you wanna, do you want to describe it? Sure. Yeah, so it's a, a podcast, me and my my soon-to-be-wife. Uh, host, uh, we have a guest on, um, and basically we ask them to rewatch a favorite childhood movie that they haven't seen as an adult. Uh, we all rewatch it and talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the short pitch, but it's a lot of fun. We like we talk about the person's childhood and like um, try to like find connections or like the the way the movie affected them, like the scenes or or pieces of dialogue that they remember indelibly, mm-hmm. uh, and and also talk shit about the movie a lot. Probably, uh-huh. yeah. Sometimes they're great, um, but a lot of them do do not hold up super yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we we try we try to uh, inject as much love as possible into it, yeah, though, because it is a it is a precious thing to the people that are on the show.
3: Has there been one that everyone's been really excited to watch, but you've been like crestfallen by how poorly it holds up now? Uh, Tron. Really?
6: I <laughs> we we hated Tron so much. I that yeah. uh, uh, our friend Andrew Warner came on to do the show, who's a very funny man and and a br- uh, brilliant movie fan. Also, he has his own movie podcast. And he wanted to do Tron, and Caitlin and I had never seen it, uh-huh. and he loved it, and we watched it, and we hated it, and we were so mad. Like we watched it right before he came over, and we hadn't processed it yet, so we we were just we were we gave it a pretty rough treatment, yeah. And you could tell Andrew was like trying to like oh, okay, this is how we're gonna do this, but you could tell he was he was bummed out. <laughs> Uh, and we we blew it. Uh, so we actually had him back that's and so... and did the money pit. This is the <laughs> great lost episode. Yes. So that's that. that's the best example I can give is the one we we put on ice because yeah. we we felt too embittered.
3: So I had never seen Tron before a couple months ago either. Okay. And uh, I went through I went through like a a weird like classic sci fi movie kick where yeah. I watched like Logan's Run and sure. Planet of the Apes. Uh, Planet of the Apes is good. Uh, Planet of the Apes is good. Uh, and uh, Dune, I watched Dune. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Tron,
6: which I oh. fell asleep during. Dude, right? <laughs> and Tron's and bad. I think Tron's bad. It is a bad movie. It's it, there's nothing good about it. And even the visuals, where it's like there are better examples of rotoscoping and that type of like everything's so geometric and flat and uh-huh. boring. And yeah, and that movie came out after Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah right i think it did yeah it was and yeah like come on we can do so much better i know i
3: know i also think like jeff bridges is like like really like muted in it like it's in weird. his performance it's uh, weird like he has none of the cuz char- most of his lines are just like we got to get to the thing <laughs> man
6: well i feel like his yeah and they don't and i feel like they didn't recognize at the time that he was definitely the star of the movie like that they gave be. the other people yeah. too much screen time yeah but he yeah he um he just wasn't jeff bridges in it yeah and maybe it's because he was it's young but
3: fair for like us now because jeff bridges is so jeff bridges now <laughs> that's true i mean he's, he's had time to marinate he's but... playing the dude in
6: every movie mm-hmm. <laughs> like... yeah rooster dude <laughs> but he i don't know it, like i think i wonder if it was because it was disney like that's disney's version of jeff yeah, bridges yeah it
3: could be yeah yeah Who um you know what I? You know you 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 know what I did like more than I was supposed to, though. Mm. Dune. Yeah, you seem really into. It. I liked Dune. Now listen, I get what everybody's saying. Mm-hmm. There's all these like lazy voiceovers in it that yeah. just like tell you what the characters are thinking rather than have them acted out in any way, yeah. and <laughs> most of them are unnecessary. But like, I think it's just
6: a good story. I think it's hard to ruin. I mean, Dune's a, an amazing book. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. Are we just going to do this the whole time? What? Because I'm down. Talk about Dune. Yeah, just like I mean, read and t-. we should at least talk about it for a little while. <laughs> All right. Well, I, like I, I love the book. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, like everyone does. But yeah, I mean, it's so unadaptable. Like there's so much context. Yeah. Like the book itself is whatever it is, like fifteen hundred small print pages, and it, it em- it, there's so much in it yeah. and it still uh creates like it's like an iceberg book like there's mm-hmm. so much world it creates by um by reference like like sure. it, by it intimates a much larger world yeah that i don't know how you uh, it adds like multiple la- like yeah i I'm, I'm doing a terrible job explaining what i'm trying to say but no, like, no. you know like like you like a even a a simple book it's hard to adapt to film because there's so much stuff you can write in that now you have to convey with like a a look between two characters and there's where it's like three pages in the book. And this is like, you're condensing like 400 pages into like a silent exchange (laughs) 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 where you're like implying like planetary politics in another system. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you do that. I will
3: say that I watched it with two people who had read the book before and Mm. were able to clarify some of the like geopolitical things that are very unclear at the beginning. Of the movie.
6: If that helped. If there was a way to do uh, like a pop-up video style film for a book adaptation that didn't feel cheesy. (laughs) Like if you could somehow do that in a way that it was like still felt like art. Yeah. That would be great.
3: Yeah. A picture in picture. Yeah.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Pause for reference. Uh,
3: 904 (laughs) 606 uh, 0842 is our number. That's 904-606-0842 If you want to call in and talk about
6: Dune, mm-hmm. I only want calls about Dune. Yeah, that's what this is about now. I've <laughs> read one and Dune a half show. of the books and the movie once a while ago. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm reading the book right now
3: because yeah. I like the movie so much.
6: Oh, someone calling and spoil the ending.
3: <laughs> well, I've I've seen the movie though. Well, you don't. Know well, okay, you're right. You're right. Who knows? I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, get in any trouble here.
6: Yeah, I don't. I don't think that movie was. Was criticized for being too close to the book. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that was that was not people's problem. With no. it. <laughs> but I get. It. I mean, it's the, the the story is that like David Lynch like gave up on it yeah. like three quarters of the way
6: it's through. Like, it, you know what it reminds me of is The Hobbit. Uh huh. What a the new Hobbit movie? Oh, oh my sure, god. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just heartless.
3: Yeah. Were you a fan of that book growing up, The Hobbit? Oh yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I, re- <laughs> I did. I remember like a sixth grade literature class. I think half the year mm-hmm. was spent just listening to hobbit on tape yeah uh which i think is a brilliant teaching maneuver yeah um oh God, miss, what was her name terrible miss fry Ugh. oh bad. um but yeah she uh, her and her diet she drank diet Dr. Fry's Sam's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but i did but i did enjoy that book so that was good yeah that and my other big one was my side of the mountain couldn't mm. get enough of it
3: i don't know that one my side of the mountain
6: uh, it's basically like a thirteen-year-old Robinson Crusoe kind okay. of. Except he's not. Except he goes out on purpose. Like he he's he lives in a family with like thirteen kids or something. Uh-huh. He's the oldest, and he decides to make things easier on his parents. He's going to just head off into the woods. Yeah, and just lives by himself and learns <laughs> to survive. And he gets like a pet falcon. Uh, it's pretty dope. That I, I was big great. into like a, a like a guy on his own stories. Totally. Yeah.
3: Totally. Yeah. Do you think that was because you grew up in the swamps of Florida? Mm-hmm.
6: Probably. <laughs> and just wanted to be in the woods? Um, <laughs> you would not want to live in the wilds of Florida. <laughs> Very inhospitable. I don't know how the Seminole do it. <laughs> but yeah, I, we... I, I, no, I don't think so. I was terrified of nature. I mean, I like it as mm. a concept. Like sure. I love nature shows, but not... I like observing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you like a living in the city. interest in nature. Yeah. I don't like that either. I don't think I like Oh, anything. interesting. I don't interesting. know. <laughs> I think I want to live on a sterile mountain. Yeah. Yeah. A oh, sterile mountain. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> <This is> like, <laughs> uh, I want to live in a bubble in nature. Okay. Uh, like an, un, an unassailable <laughs> bubble.
3: <laughs> okay. All right. So you're in nature, but you've got like a nice bedroom. Yeah, yeah. Like take a nice apartment <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> put it in nature. I,
6: yeah. I want <laughs> okay. a forest studio.
3: <laughs> we have a caller, Calvin. Great. Great. Uh, I'm going to bring them on the air right now. Caller, welcome to the program. Hey, Colby. Oh. This is, <laughs> this is Tim Keck. For those of you who don't know, Tim Ooh. Keck calls every week to the show, except the one time where I didn't have a guest and just wanted callers.
2: <laughs>
3: but now he's back. He's been, he has, he's got a perfect record except for that one, that one black mark. And here he is. Tim, how are you?
0: Well, it, and uh, I mean, I also didn't call the weekend of uh, Calvin's bachelor party.
3: Oh so, yes, uh, buried yeah.
5: Myself here, but uh, I feel like that's a
3: reasonably good excuse. That's true. You know, before we got on the air, Calvin was like, "How much should I admit to knowing Tim Keck? I think he's ashamed <laughs> of you. I think he's ashamed of you, Tim." That's it.
0: Oh yeah, is he taking Marta's side? That <laughs> our history means nothing to you, Calvin.
6: <laughs> well, I just don't. We were just talking about how much I theoretically like nature, and all this hate on birds is it's rough.
3: Tim, yeah. thoughts?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a... Tim on the na- on nature.
3: Yeah. Love... Well, how do you feel about nature? How? Because you are also, I mean, not to not to uh, get rid of the uh, mystery surrounding Tim Keck here, <laughs> but you are also a Florida man. Mm-hmm. Uh, More so than me, yeah, I mean, in a lot of
0: ways. Florida man for sure.
3: Uh, where Where do you fall on the country versus the city?
0: Oh, I I don't know. I love I love country. I mean, uh, Satellite Beach, Florida, where I hail from. Uh, is basically the exact opposite of New York, where it's like, oh, the weather great all the time. Uh, you know, everything is uh, bright and beautiful, and uh, there's, like, birds chirping and uh, dolphins just jumping in the water. Uh, but okay. There's nothing to do past, like, 11 o'clock at night.
6: Tim's exaggerating a lot.
0: Oh, no way. There's dolphins <laughs> jumping everywhere at <so>, Satellite Beach, <laughs> man. you got to come by. We no, come sun up we gotta
3: and
5: sundown.
3: How yeah. come? What if it. what if we did a live show like broadcasting from the beach oh, in Florida? We set up like a little a little No, no, we don't even set up anything. We just go on top of the lifeguard stand. <laughs> we yep. sit there with a laptop and a couple of mics and we just let the ocean the sounds of the waves crashing be our soundtrack. I I could fall asleep to that. It no,
0: so no. will be like I can't I can't hear what you're saying over these loud waves. <laughs>
3: And these dolphins jumping. Right,
0: the worst place to get audio. <laughs> yeah, a lot of That's dolphin
3: bellies. I don't like... know. I think we could do it. I think the, we the could be a waves nice and chill. Are so loud. Yeah, yeah. It'll be like uh it'll be like the Eagles, right? Just a nice chill. Uh... You mean the band? Yeah, the band, the okay. Eagles. That you know that you know that terrific <laughs> yeah, band, Eagles. the Eagles, <laughs> the Eagles. <laughs> where all the guys are just really level-headed and have no egos, <laughs> okay. uh, and they make really great music. You know that band. <laughs> you're, I, you're I, are, are you looking at me? I
6: yeah. I don't know if we're talking to Tim or me. Well, Sorry.
3: either of you can weigh in. Um, I, oh, I think we Did do a chill beat
5: trash compared to John Cougar Mellencamp.
0: Wow. Okay. Before. So last
3: week I talked about uh about how John Mellencamp blows. Oh. and And uh, Tim, this this enraged Tim <laughs> to the point where he called in so early
6: in the show. Yeah, Tim. Tim likes. Tim likes the worst examples of everything, pans <laughs> <laughs> like and movies. I'm always like, why this one? I said, Tim, I would love, have, I would love for you to defend your taste because I, 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 think
0: I just don't get it. I mean, we have an ongoing uh, Guardians of the Galaxy feud. Hated it. In which I think it's a oh. fantastic film, and no. you uh, don't understand it.
6: It's a, it's a music video at best. I, I it's Yo,
0: I love that a wonderful music video, like, <laughs> uh, see, fighting and violence.
6: And... See, that's the thing is Tim, Tim and I we we argue about this stuff all the time. And what I think we end up always finding out is we we don't disagree on what we just saw. We he just likes what I yeah. hate. Yeah.
3: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. We just we just like different things. Yeah. All I want is a good time, and Calvin wants to be like challenged, you know, intellectually and emotionally. <laughs>
6: yeah, I could I couldn't engage with and these all characters. I <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just want I want Jack and I. And honestly, I've been listening to a lot of John Cougar Mellencamp. I can't over the past believe
2: days. this. I, I had it's the worst music. song. This is the opposite of good music. This but is, I love it.
0: This is the
3: opposite of what I wanted. I wanted to shut this what? thing down. I wanted to <laughs> shut down Mellencamp. And all it's done is created a, a, a You're maybe a stronger fan than ever now.
0: Mhm. I I love it. I I care about it. I I mean, I I genuinely love John Cougar Mellencamp. It is and I only to the songs and I'm like, this isn't good. It's only it's a matter of time before you text Bad me music.
3: and you say, Hey, uh, the Cougars playing a minor league ballpark upstate. <laughs> we should go. It
0: would be it would be a trip.
3: It would be a trip, Tim, to go see John Mellencamp yeah. with you. We
0: can we can do a live podcast before.
6: Yeah.
3: I like all these ideas for like on-location shows that we've got.
6: Yeah, we should put that into practice. Yeah, I'm just—I'm inviting myself to all of these. By the yeah, way. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, That was the guest? Uh, yeah, yeah. Three, three, three hosts. I need are better I'm, than one. I, I'm working on my fourth co-host situation. I'm feeling this. <laughs> yeah.
3: Tim, anything before you go? Um,
0: nah.
6: <laughs> This is why you call in every week. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I try to bring the
3: heat for. I just hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <poor> bye, Tim. <laughs> bye, Tim. I've always, I've always wanted to do that. I've never <laughs> hung up on anybody.
6: I'm glad I was here to give you the strength.
3: <laughs> that was, well, so usually, you know, because we're using this new, uh, this new call studio. Usually, mm. the button to hang up is all the way over there. So <laughs> okay. was,
6: but today, uh, so this is this is why we need more gun control. You put that kind of unfathomable power. Into the, the hands of a man who all he has to do is squeeze his finger.
3: <laughs> exactly.
6: <laughs> Terrible. Calvin, you are now
3: going to participate in...
6: <laughs> I don't have a choice. You right.
3: don't have a choice, because I want to know the answers to these questions. This is a segment that we have developed over several, several months. Here at Young Persons Radio I can't wait to get so the much version of this trial and error has gone into this And it continues to evolve It's, a, it's like the Constitution It's a living document Ooh, disagree This is, <laughs> Perfect as is <laughs> This is the Young Persons Radio guest questionnaire mm-hmm. Hit me For, Pan, do you want to get in on this too? Okay, Pan, Pan I'm going to turn your mic on, Pan <laughs> The mic's back on I'm down Feel free to jump in Great. at any of this if you like First question Bar trivia
6: or karaoke. Oh shit. Colby. How could you do this to me? <laughs> it's hard, right? Oh my god. Um I, I will do bar trivia over bar karaoke, but I will do private room karaoke over bar trivia.
3: Oh, okay. See this is a very nuanced answer.
6: Yeah. Pan?
4: I, I take karaoke every time. But
6: karaoke every time. Yeah. Trivia tends to be
4: too sports related for me to be able to throw in a That's game. true. There you know, is
3: always a sports round that I don't do well on. Yeah, yeah believe I, I it or not, that's my least favorite character. 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 <laughs> Category. 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 Yeah. Sorry, boys. <laughs>
4: No, I'm just saying I'm the wild card on the team, so I pick Uh, all the extra questions. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. That's a good spot to be. That's a valuable position. It's fun. It's fun.
4: I just really like karaoke because I already am awful at singing, so it's just an excuse to do it.
3: Karaoke is great for people who don't, I mean, like Calvin has a very good voice, but for those of us who have like passable voices, (laughs) it's great. It's the perfect environment in which to sing.
4: Yeah practice in the shower and perform a
3: karaoke. We have yeah. a caller on the line. Yeah. Oh. I'm wondering if they want to join in on the uh, the, the karaoke versus trivia oh. debate. Uh, caller? Caller, can you hear me? Welcome to the program. Hello. Is it me? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Hey, guys. Hi. Who's this? Hello? It's Caitlin Pluckett. Oh! Oh! Caitlin Puckett, as I live and
6: breathe, <laughs> welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, my, my fiance.
4: <laughs> Congratulations, by the
6: way. Thank you so much.
3: <laughs> Caitlin, did you have a question for our guests, or did you want to call, weigh in on this trivia versus karaoke debate? I know her answer.
1: Um, I'd love to – I have both. I do have a question, uh, but I will definitely weigh in. Go for it. Uh, for the debate. If I have a really, like, strong team, I'm not good at sports, but I'm very good at pop culture. Hmm. I love to win. (laughs) But if I have my friends around me in karaoke, that always feels like a win. So, (laughs) yeah, I guess karaoke.
6: Damn. Are you are you on the trivia team? Were you hoping for a specific? See, I feel like that's bad interviewing to to expect a certain answer. You got to let us come up with our own. <laughs> no, it's not like a. That's not like a. Oh no, it's just an interesting, interesting.
3: Oh. okay. <laughs> I used to do this segment where I would uh, uh, I would call it weighted either or, and I would inflect my voice based on which one I wanted you to choose. <laughs> I did it to Mary Houlihan when she was here. I was like, "The Office" or "Scrubs." <laughs> Well, you're right about that. <laughs> and she was like, "I like
6: Scrubs." <laughs> well, okay. We don't have time for me to no, talk about everything. we I don't. Need. We don't. Caitlin, did you have a question? Sorry. No, no, go, no. You're doing. No, I'm taking. Doing. I took over. Hey, do you, Caitlin, do you have a question?
1: Yeah, I do. Although this might be not be the time, I'm playing Assassin's Creed, and I just yeah. cannot figure out this mission. Which one? <laughs> I'm supposed to hire these thieves to create mm-hmm. a distraction. Right. <laughs> nice.
6: Just press B uh, to hire them. The
1: thing is, I hire these thieves. Okay. And they just follow me. They don't, like, I, I bring them right by where they're supposed to be a distraction. They do nothing.
6: I would, tar- I would target one of the guards with your left trigger. Uh, and then I okay. think you should be able to command them to, to do something. And you, you might need to hold down your right trigger to go high profile.
4: Or little-known fact, the How bees do are I actually command? a distraction for her, and not for the for the player. The bees are are to distract her from everything else. Oh. She's like, "Oh God, they're always following me around. Like, can't pay attention to the rest of the game."
6: So yeah, this might actually just be a, a meta trick on you. It's a setup. It's a setup. <laughs> yeah, but I would follow that advice, and if that doesn't work, um, Google it. But that's I I it's hard. I It's, hard. <laughs> it's hard to describe uh, a series of uh button maneuvers for a video game without having a controller in your hand Mm -hmm. but i think that's the best advice i can give i
1: thought it would be good radio
6: (laughs) it is no it is (laughs) (laughs) any any other uh questions
1: no i just wanted to (laughs) say hi and that you're both doing a great job oh thank
6: thank you you,
3: caitlin i'm so glad you called
6: I'm so
1: glad I'm
6: listening. If you're still stuck when I get home, we'll, we'll do it together, okay? Okay.
1: <laughs> Love you, dear. Love you, too.
6: Bye. Bye. <laughs> I just hung up again. I
3: was hoping to catch her mid-sentence again.
6: No, no, no. I, I would never do that. I'd have to sock you one. <laughs> I would never do I'd, that. Those Take, are the rules. Uh, we have another caller. Hello? Another
3: caller right here. Hello. Caller, welcome to the show. Can you hear me? I can't, I can't. Who's this? Uh,
1: my name is Gene Craigshead.
3: Wait, what? Gene? What? Gene Craigshead?
1: Yes, Gene Craigshead. I am the author of a book that was mentioned on this program, My Side of the Mountain.
3: Oh, wow. Okay. Gene, Jean, Jean, uh, thanks so much for calling. This is an honor
2: for me. oh uh,
1: well. There's not a lot for me to do with my time in my life. Uh So when I hear there's a fan of my
3: side of the mountain
1: on the internet, (laughs) well, I feel obliged to call it.
3: Well, Gene, uh, thank you for tuning in uh, to the show. Uh, Is this your first week calling or first week listening?
1: Uh, Well, Obviously. Uh, okay. I'm not a fan of the show. No. I've never heard of it before. It seems pretty, uh, you know, DIY. Pretty oh, yeah. thrown together at the last minute.
3: It's very DIY. I don't know not if I would call Mike. it... Go ahead.
1: The shelter and means of survival thrown together by the young protagonists of my seminal novel, My Side of the Mountain.
3: Yeah, uh, I feel like you should be a DIY guy, gene if you're going to uh
1: i'm a lady
3: oh you're a lady oh i'm sorry i made a uh i what? made an assumption you
1: think a book about surviving in the woods written in the 50s had to be written by a man
3: it's just that you you you're you, listen i'm embarrassed i'm embarrassed
1: what are you embarrassed about?
3: Did I call I referred it's to you as a man a when mutant you mutant are in fact a lady. Your name is Gene. It could be Eugene. It could be Gene like Gene Gray from the X Men. It's
1: Gene like Gene Gray. It's Gene like the mutant Jean Gray, <laughs> later known as Phoenix. Yes.
3: Yes. yes. <laughs> well, Jean,
1: uh Well now <laughs> tension between us. Now there seems to be this sort of palpable, unspoken. Thing between us. So, I'm,
6: I'm as a huge fan of your book I'm mortified
3: yeah yeah I was, Bl- just blame no, it on my no, just blame no, it on my no, ignorance gene it.
6: what
1: wait Kevin, you also didn't know that I was a lady
6: no 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 of course I did I'm mortified that Colby misidentified you and that I'm even in the same room I, with him
1: I can't believe you haven't sort of taken the wheel of this combo by now frankly <laughs>
6: I, well, the problem is that's my instinct the entire time, and if I do that, I feel sure. like that's bad guesting. I, I should let Kobe run his show. Well, in this oh, case, yeah, I,
1: I guess on the show because he needs someone to take the wheel. You <laughs> can't
6: hear this yeah, there are people like that. Okay, this is
3: uh, this but is I your
1: Kobe. I lie. I listen to this show all the time. I think it sucks.
3: <laughs> so you you hate listen to this show. <laughs> what? <laughs> you hate listen to this show? You, you,
2: listen, you oh,
1: listen to the show. Oh, for sure. It's you and then Sean Spicer. And I need to get all riled up. I turn it on, and it just, oh, it, rhymes, but it just makes me hot-blooded. It makes me want to find a very large tree in the Catskill Mountains, burn it out, and then make a shelter in it. <laughs> Not unlike the protagonist of my seminal 1959 novel, My Side of the Mountain...
3: Well, Gene, um, I'm glad that I could serve. Listen, I, I I'm just happy people listen. I don't I don't need them to enjoy the show, but uh, whatever. Oh,
1: so- oh. Come on, you know what you need. You need to spend a year in the woods, taming falcons, and catting your own deer hide.
3: It's you know I've never done those things. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's I the answer
6: tell. I seek. I have always.
1: I can. Done them I always felt like that would be formative. And, and you're
6: It does take a tremendous amount of courage to go off on your own, Colby. Listen, I, is this because I was talking about the eagles
3: before? Is that why you think I'm soft? About who? The, the
1: eagles. Only eagles I know about are falcons. And I only know about them insofar as what it takes to capture and train them... To use them for catching prey and providing companionship
3: when you're living alone in the woods. What is it with this show and birds? Why does everyone call up and talk about birds? You, I got you, I got uh, uh, the, uh, my other regular caller, Marta, calls in and talks about saving birds. You're don't talking you about don't taming birds. What?
1: Don't, what's, don't you what's the deal with me about your show. <laughs> you listen every week. Uh, Gene? Well, you're the one making the calls. Yeah, there's a lot of book stuff. I don't know. Do you want to change it? Change it. I
3: don't want to change it. Gene, Gene, I have a... the
1: protagonist of my seminal 1959 novel, My Side of the Mountain, wanted to change things, you know what he did? What? He went to the library, learned a bunch about living in the woods, and then he went and lived in the woods.
6: Now, I know this is really Gene because I didn't mention anything about the library part, and that's definitely in the book, so there's no way...
1: (laughs) It's the first part.
6: Yeah. Uh, just a quick bit of advice for a novice falconer. I, I feel like starting with rabbits is a lot. What would be a good starter rodent to train my falcon on?
1: A starter rodent? Well, first of all, call them vomits. Pardon me. We call them vomit in the falconry biz, and it is a biz, Calvin. It's a lucrative business.
6: I betrayed my ignorance but already. I, say, I don't
1: know. Ferrets, They're long
6: that's that's true that's a good talent target like long ways you can incorporate it's just
1: both feet <laughs> to you know, like the spaghetti of falcons in terms of you know their cuisine
3: right okay can i can i ask you a question uh gene shoot what is your favorite football team
1: my favorite football team
3: yeah the atlanta what
1: <laughs> state Boy, can those babies play.
3: The what? what? Who did you say?
1: The New Orleans Saints. <laughs> the New Orleans Saints? Not the They're Atlanta great. Falcons? What? That's... There's no Falcons in Atlanta. Listen, the only Falcons I know about live in upstate New York in the Catskills. <laughs> Waiting to be trained by young boys in their adolescence. <laughs>
3: Listen, Gene. We've only got a couple minutes left in the show, so I gotta I gotta start wrapping things up. But I want to say thank are you, you for to
1: have the show. With this, you let me have ten minutes of of this
3: rambling. Yeah. What are you mad at me now? I let you talk. You.
6: I can't do anything right.
3: It's unstructured. You know what has
1: structure?
6: <laughs> I mean, they teach it.
1: A shelter built in the woods by a young boy looking to find himself. Also, my seminal yeah. album, My Side of the Mountain, written in 1959, tightly structured. <laughs> it's like a it's like a goddamn cuckoo clock. It it it, it it's
3: it's tight and it's well structured. Thanks. <laughs> Gene, is that your
6: ride? Is your ride here? You in traffic?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for a cab. <laughs>
6: Where are you headed? That's not
1: true. I'm actually driving a truck right now.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay, well, uh, go. keep keep your eyes on the road. Hang up. Hang I, up
6: on him. Oh, man. He hung up before me. <laughs> it's a she, you ass.
3: Ah! Sorry. 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 It's, and that's why
4: we prefer gender neutral. That's
3: right. Yeah. This this you show this is all a lesson.
4: Use the name. Use your first name. Yeah.
3: You know? yeah. Gene. Gene. Thank you. Gene. Gene. Thank you for teaching me this lesson in real time. We got a couple minutes left, so we're going to do these rapid fire. We're going to do these rapid fire. Oh, that's
6: right. that's right. We're in the middle of a questionnaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hit me,
3: hit me. Going to the movies mm-hmm. or
6: uh, streaming something on a nice night in? Um, I mean, I love uh, going to the movies, but in always... I've. Like, I don't like that about myself, but that's uh-huh. where I'd prefer to be most of the time. Sure, sure.
2: Pan?
4: Uh, I'd, I think I'd stream before I went to the movies, mm. uh, just because I'm, I'm truly broke. Sure. Mm. More yeah. now than ever. And that's I do the love too. movie theater experience, especially, I'm a fan of, uh, something like the Alamo, or yeah, like Nighthawk. Hawk. Yeah, right? yeah, Night Hawk. They're, they're opening a one in Park Slope. I'm yeah. very excited about um, that. That's that's the best because you know, especially if you're gonna do the whole date night or just go by yourself, which I yeah. truly do. Uh, mm. You know, you get your drinks and your food right there. Yep. So that's another reason why I like streaming because I do like to eat <laughs> while I'm watching. Eat and
6: <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And nine times out of ten, I prefer to watch a movie that didn't just come out exactly. and they, that's they play the thing. like old. Funky movies. They're
4: usually, oh, they played some great movies. That yeah, just, you can't find anymore, not even on Netflix. So, yeah. yeah, we went and saw yeah. a
6: midnight showing of Wizards. Mm. Really? What a <laughs> what a film! <laughs> yeah, uh, blew me away. but Yeah, I love
3: that shit. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna cut this a tad short and just do a final question. What is a movie you
6: know is bad but enjoy anyway? Mm. This is huge because I lo- my favorite movies are bad movies. Uh huh. um you mean like guilty pleasure? Like one I'm not enjoying because it's bad? Like
3: the one I always give is uh, Spider-Man 3. <laughs> okay. Where Oof. I could not defend that in any way, but I watch it and I laugh and laugh and laugh.
6: Hmm. Ooh, boy. Uh, that is tough. Damn. I re- I, this probably a better question for like television shows for me. I watched like a lot of trash television. <laughs> sure. Um... Oh man, I love bad movies though. I mean, just just yesterday, Caitlin and I rewatched uh, Shark Attack Three: The Megalodon, and that's <laughs> yeah. that's a seminal like uh, that one. I came to late, but I would watch you know every week uh, if if I had my brothers. Yeah, it's it's super good and it's like nonstop yeah uh, craziness like Troll Two or you know uh-huh. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Some of them are
3: depressing. Is Troll Two the one where? he says uh they're eating
6: her and then yeah. they're going oh to eat me. Oh my god. I yeah, wonder if we can find them. We have enough time for. That. Okay, cool. Um if you can oh, I almost don't want to ruin it though. If you get a chance to watch Shark Attack 3 the Megalodon. Do I've it. seen it. Okay, you've seen it. Yeah, I, to, to the listeners, do it um before you watch any clips of it cuz there's a couple of scenes in it that are like legendarily bad Yeah, uh, and and they work they they come so like you're not gonna see it coming if you watch the movie. So like uh you don't wanna watch it out of context because it's out of context in the movie. <laughs> uh oh, in their great blind sides.
3: This is taking forever to load. Call I know. I know. Well, I thought we would get a good oh my god, but oh, I uh yeah. I guess not. Oh, well. I guess not. Well, guys, uh we've only got a couple of minutes left. Uh so that's that's the show for this week.
6: Hey. Yeah. I had a great time. Flew right by.
3: Yeah, yeah. I want to thank everybody for listening, and I want to thank you guys for being here. Everybody tune in to uh, Pandemonium Monday at 2 p.m. Uh, right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. You can listen to it uh, the same way you listen to this show, which is by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com and clicking Listen Live.
6: And Calvin, where can people find you? Um, I would recommend Synestalgia, the podcast. Uh, you can find that on iTunes, and we post it on Facebook and stuff, but...
5: How's uh. that spelled? Great question. Yeah, <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> uh, was his name?
6: Yes, C I N E S T A L G I A. So that's we we want to make it as difficult as possible to find. <laughs> um, that's my fault, overthinking stuff. Um, but the. Uh, we just released the most recent episode. Was our our redo with Andrew of the Money Pit? Yes, um, and that's I think our fifteenth or sixteenth episode. So that you can go back through the catalog. There's some good ones in there, man. Yeah, the uh, uh, I was looking at the the list this morning, mm-hmm. and uh, so
3: many are now on my phone. Now oh, downloaded, awesome. ready to go. Awesome. Um, I uh, really liked
6: you guys did Muppet Treasure Island together. Yeah, that was just me and Caitlin. Yeah. It was our uh, anniversary special or Valentine's Day special, I think. Yeah, because uh, that's we watched that movie the night we got together. Oh. aww, and it's a great movie. It is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> legitimately great.
3: Uh, yeah, great. Well, thanks everybody for listening. If I can get this goddamn computer to work, then we're gonna go out to a song. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> Who knows? We might just go out to uh, "Oh my God, Oh my God" from Troll Two. I'm fine with it if, uh, depending on what happens. Let's just listen. This is this is where it all happens. This is this. These are the moments <laughs> of truth where the technology fails us, and we can only just rely on each other. Uh, take show offline. No more calls. No more time for
4: calls. (laughs) For the record, I would say Dune, I think, might be one of those good, bad movies. Yeah, for sure.
6: Yeah, for sure.
4: I watched it again and again, but honestly, it needs a remake because it's just a bit much. Yeah.
6: There was a television miniseries. I don't know if it was was good or not.
4: It was was interesting.
6: Yeah. I feel like that is the way to do it, though.
4: It was because it had uh, Ewan McGregor in it. Mm. No, maybe not.
6: In the role of Sting.
4: (laughs) When? I don't remember.
3: When did this come out?
6: The Dune miniseries. A few years ago, I think there is were actually a couple. Channel or yeah. There
4: have been several remakes and new movies. Like I yeah. watched all the variety. It's interesting the different takes directors have on the characters. But yeah. the huh. David Lynch one is so good. Bad. It's yeah. very good. Bad. It's kind of extra, like the yeah. visuals and the, yeah, it's just I don't know. You
3: yeah. can see the Blade Runner. You can see the Blade yes. Runner influence <laughs> yeah. uh, a I
6: lot. F- I feel like the if it was successful, it was in creating the impression of Dune. Mm. Like yeah. I've, felt (laughs) doom the aesthetic yeah 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 Yeah. for sure and also like Kyle McLaughlin's good I mean I always like him yeah yeah you gonna watch Twin Peaks next week I don't know man I you know I never saw the second season yeah like I I watched the first season a couple of times and then we watched it again recently in preparation for we were gonna go see Firewalk with me at I think at Nighthawk Uh, oh yeah yeah and then we were both out of town and didn't see it
3: yeah I haven't seen Uh, Firewalk have you seen seen Firewalk with me
6: are you a Twin Peaks fan
4: I am. Yeah. I am. I'm not sure how I feel about the, the new, the new I stuff, and yeah. the new content. I don't know either. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Twin Peaks <laughs> is this
3: weird thing for me where I, I don't think, I think I don't like most of it, and yet I want to talk about it.
4: I never, I have a, I have a weird thing with violence and anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, death related in yeah. media, so that's been a struggle for me, but the aesthetic and flinch is brilliant. So yeah. The visuals, everything. The yeah. weirdness, the bizarre, uh, whatever. Yeah. Other dimensional aspects of it. The detective, I forget his name, but he was. Comic Coop yeah. he, he, He's.
6: Coop. Coop. So good. So good. Coop. Um, he makes me laugh out loud <laughs> so many times in that show. Yeah. Have you seen uh,
3: Lost Highway?
6: Yeah. I actually liked it. I, I just saw it recently. I saw it in college.
3: I'd have to rewatch it, yeah. but I remember enjoying it. I thought, oh, who is this? Who is this? What's up? Are you guys filling in for Points of Order this week? Oh, no, it is Points of Order. There he is. There he is. There he is. All right. Well, we're going to – I've been having trouble with the Muzak, so maybe we can just uh, uh, sign off here. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Yeah. Guys, stay tuned for Points of Order. They're coming up shortly, uh, and we will be back next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.